Well, Friday night, we all got hit by the terrible news that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away at the age of 87, her fifth bout of cancer. Uh, And I was talking to someone and they said, I think at least what I felt, it's like you kind of felt like she was going to hang on until uh, after this election. And it was clear that she was fighting to hang on. Uh, And she's a very strong person, but uh, her strength ran out. Uh, You know, we're all human. And she passed away. Friday night. Uh, and the question is, uh, what does this mean? I mean, the, the first thing uh, is you you honor the passing of an icon, someone who's a trailblazer uh, uh, for really um, women, certainly in the legal field. But she, I think she was bigger than, than that, where she stood up for uh, an evolving sense of what human rights were uh, over her career really transcended generations. Uh, you know, I mean, what a full life. Uh, I think someone said it's like, you know, you can't imagine living uh, a more impactful, more important life, uh, leading a more important career than she did. So on one hand, you just look up and, and say, wow, like, so grateful that she was among us and did what she has done. Um, and that lasted, unfortunately, for apparently about Uh, 30 seconds before then people started uh, turning towards what this means in terms of the Supreme Court, uh, this election, whether Trump is going to nominate someone, which I think he announced he is going to, and then whether the Senate would move forward to confirm uh, new justice, despite the fact that the election is at this point 44 days away, uh, and the average Supreme Court confirmation process takes 2.2 months and that's in a normal circumstance. So uh, so to me, it's really awful that after sandbagging Merrick Garland uh, in 2016, where they say, hey, look, it's only a year until the election. Like, let's not deal with this until after the election. Uh, and then now when you're in the reverse situation, but instead of having a year, you have six weeks. And you're like, no, no, this time we're going to we're just going to cram this through because it's, uh, you know, a different situation Um, like that strikes. I think any reasonable person is utterly ridiculous uh, and awful and bullshit. Like, you know, it's it's just a clear uh, double standard where you take one approach if it's a justice that represents a viewpoint you don't like. And then uh, when the shoe's on the other foot, then then you take a totally different approach. So. Here's a couple of thoughts. Um, one, like we, it's heartbreaking. Like she was a legend. Um, even President Trump was asked, like if we got a, they got a very real, candid reaction of him because he found out the news Friday night from a reporter after his rally. Um, which, quick comment, his team should have told him between the walk from the rally to his press. That's what we would do. We'd be like, hey, by the way, so and so died or this broke that news, whatever it is. Anyway, he did say, wow, like. I have nothing to say except she's an amazing woman. Like, she lived an amazing life. Um, this is very sad. Something like that. Um, and it is heartbreaking. The reality is, though, what you just said is that this is going to be extremely politicized. And we're not even going to wait. It's just going to... It's already started. Um, so I, I thought it'd be... We wanted to hop on the pod and break this down. Um, because this is your September surprise. This will be the focal point of the election. And... Tim Alberta, who's one of our buddies from the campaign, um, just wrote a piece in Politico talking about what Trump 
and McConnell would or could do. But one of the things that's fascinating, Andrew, and this is why it matters, is that the Supreme Court is, and I quote, the most, end quote, the most important factor in voting for president or when they go to vote for 21 percent of the electorate, 21 percent of all voters. This is the most this is the thing they care about. Um, so thoughts on how this affects Republicans, affects Democrats, like it's going to affect this is the most important thing for almost everybody um, when it comes to voting. Uh, and you now have this hanging of the balance before one of the more important elections we've ever had. Well, one legitimate reason to be concerned about having an even number of justices right now, and this is before, uh, you know, we get to what what you just described, is that back in 2000, the Supreme Court essentially helped decide the election between uh, Al Gore and and, and George W. Bush. Uh, You know, they decided 5-4 along, unfortunately, party lines uh, about what to do with the Florida recount. Uh, and and so you have a very real impact on potentially the resolution of the election, uh, which to me is another reason why it's it's terrible for uh, us to try and cram a new justice in and then have that justice literally maybe turn around and, and decide an election uh, days later. I mean, like I don't think that strikes anyone as a, a good idea. Um, but to your point, there are millions of Americans who have been focused on the Supreme Court and other courts around the country. And Republicans have done a superior job of motivating their base around uh, judicial appointments. Yes. Uh, they, they, they're very, very consistent on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they care more about uh, non-Supreme Court judicial appointments, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, than the other side. Uh, and they're smart because those judges end up deciding a lot of things uh, that never even get to the Supreme Court. I mean, it's not like the Supreme Court hears everything, you know, that you you have to go through several levels uh, to to get there. And that is how Trump won over the evangelical right, is that, hey, you don't have to love Trump, but he's going to stand for conservative values on, you know, on our Supreme Court. Here's a list of justices I'm going to nominate. He dropped that in May of 2016 before the election. So sorry to interrupt, but that a big No, no, not, not at all. You're right. They're, they're very yeah. smart and deliberate about they it. They focused on this, yes. They knew it. They knew the numbers. And evangelical voters listen. And they say, look, I can hold my nose and vote for this man because he's going to stand up for uh, the things I Abortion care about. if they're against uh, it or whatever, the, whatever they believe in. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's, I think, the most common issue for folks yeah. who are focused on uh, these appointments is, the, is pro-life uh, versus pro-choice. That's the big one, yeah. So the question now, if you look at the actual ins and outs of nominating and confirming uh, a Supreme Court justice, you need several Republican senators to say, look, I'm not going to do this, uh, given the timeline, given the circumstances. Um, you need approximately three to come out and say that, that, that they're not down for this hurry up confirmation process. Uh, and there, there's a real possibility that those three Republican senators exist. So if you, and I believe uh, at least a couple of them have already signaled that they are not going to go along with a, a confirmation process. And some of them are up for re-election right now in right. Uh, really tough races. Uh, Susan Collins in Maine um, is one of them. So hope is not lost in the sense that uh, there, there's a real chance that enough 
senators look up and say, look, it's it's really, really uh, not appropriate for us to cram uh, Supreme Court justice uh, in this time frame, six weeks before an election, uh, you know, after we essentially waited a year uh, in 2016 saying that the people should decide. I think if we have a consistent message right now, it should be to let the people decide. But, you know, and, and to your point about how this is going to affect the election, it's going to energize voters on both sides. Uh, yeah. There are many people who are going to look up and say, wow, we need to get Trump reelected because he can appoint a replacement to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And there are many voters around the country who say we really need to get Joe and Kamala elected because they're going to appoint a replacement uh, to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And that, to me, is appropriate. Like, that is a much, much better process for us to determine who replaces RBG than doing this uh, completely rushed and inconsistent with past practice uh, confirmation process that some people are, are looking to, um, mm-hmm. to to shepherd through in record time. I mean, the, the whole thing, just leave a, a terrible, terrible sense uh in many, many Americans' minds uh, as to what this process became. And especially if it turns out that this new justice ends up having an impact on uh, the outcome of the election, because there is a real chance that there are legal challenges associated with this election. I think this probably is a net positive for Republican turnout more than Democrat turnout in the sense that I feel like Democrats have, have a million reasons to want to vote against the Donald or feel their principles violated in certain ways. Um, but Republicans may have been on the fence, but I don't love this Trump guy and he's, I'm just going to stay home are now like, well, I now know I'm my vote. If we win guarantees a conservative justice on the, on the court, um, that is more powerful. Um, now let me ask you this, um, or could be more powerful. Let me ask you this though. Um, this is what Tim Alberta's point, which is fascinating. He's like, if, so on one hand, Trump could say, hey, I want to nominate a Supreme Court justice before the election. Here it is. I'm going to get it done because um, who knows? Or they could wait. They could say, like, we're, elect me and I will do this. Um, and even if he loses, they still might be able to pass this thing and approve it between the end of, you know, November 3rd or whenever the election, the, we count the votes and when Mike Pence swears in uh, the next you know, the next Senate, right? The next Congress. I think that's the vice president's job. Do you, and that's his point. He's like, Mitch McConnell has options here and he might actually choose to wait um, because he can still get what he wants, but it affects the election in a different way. What are your thoughts on how to play that or if they, which way they'd lean either? I don't know. It's an interesting question. Well, the excitement for Republicans um, could be elevated either way. Like if you don't, if you don't get the justice, say, look, you got to vote for Trump so we can get this justice. That's very, very uh, powerful motivation. Um, if they get the justice through, I would argue that, you know, you would also motivate the same group of voters uh, mm-hmm. because they would see that that voting for Trump gets results in a particular stuff, way. Yeah. yeah so uh, but I agree that there there is a tactical issue. Uh, you know, it, it could be exciting to Republican voters who are motivated around this uh, to say, uh, you got to get out there if you want this justice. Um, I, I would also suggest, though, that to me, let's say Trump loses and that outcome is determined in mid-November. 
And then for the Senate then to turn around and say, hey, the American people chose Joe, but now we're, we're still going to go ahead and cram in this appointment. Um, I think that they would have a very, very hard time convincing both the American people and uh, even the Republican senators that that was appropriate in the least. I, I think there would be a half a dozen Republican senators uh, who would stand up and say, look, uh, you know, we just lost an election. Uh, you know, like we're literally in a lame duck session in the last month, the waning days of, 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 of this Senate. Like some of us are leaving. Like, uh, like, I, I don't think um, I don't think that process uh, would would uh, stand up personally. I mean, like I've been wrong before about it because, you know, people people aren't very principled in, in some of these situations. But I, I think that would be in some ways the uh, most distasteful approach. So here's what I'd say. I want to know if you agree with this. Like, this is all we can kind of say right now, because you never know how these things play out. Um, But here's what I'd say to look out for. I don't want your thoughts, but you think I'm right. I say one, look out for the Republicans to use this, I will say, extremely well to help Trump win in 2020. Um, Because I think Mitch McConnell, while he's a scumbag and the definition of a hypocrite, He's a genius. He is a, a political genius, if you will. Like, he's a mastermind at winning elections he should not win and getting things passed that should not be passed and doing things the American people do not like or even um, have any sort of tendency to approve um, on a majority basis. But I'd say political side from the Republicans is going to use well. I think I'd be interested to see how this engages the um, the women's vote in 2020. That's the second piece of this. Um because I do think that's what RBG stood for, and that that puts this issue front and center on the ballot to me. Um, and then third, I'm really interested in how the Democrats can respond to this without, um, frankly, looking kind of lame or soft, where it's like, no, don't do it, wait for us, or uh, you know, like uh, like without looking reactive or passive in a certain way. Um, but those are my three. I don't know anything to watch out for. What you think? Yeah, the 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 message should be let the people decide. Uh, yeah. We have an election That's coming a good up message. in in yes. in six weeks. Uh, one reaction I did see uh, that people were taking right now is to donate to Mitch McConnell's opponent, Amy McGrath. Uh, and and I would suggest that there are a couple of better things you could do than yes. that though that, that's a very natural emotional reaction. Uh, but uh, Amy McGrath's not hurting for money. Um, you Money know, is like, not helping like ex- Amy ex- win right now. She's not going to lose extra- because she didn't have enough money. Yes, extra dollars are not going to make the difference. And there difference are nine that- Senate races open that are closer right now that could use the money. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Like, like if you're thinking I'm going to donate um, to Mitch McConnell's opponent, pick one of the other races uh, and donate to them instead. Uh, like Lindsey Graham's opponent, Jamie Harrison, is actually neck and neck with him in South Carolina. That's a political earthquake in the making. So you don't, yeah. you can donate um, there. Like there are a bunch of other races that make more sense. Uh, and the, the second thing is to try and put pressure on some of these moderate Republicans who are going to be uh, trying to decide whether or not to go along with this uh, hurry up confirmation process. So Mitt Romney's one, uh, Lisa Murkowski is another, Susan Collins is another, uh, and there are a couple of others um, that I believe are swayable, um, and that could be for political purposes if they're up for re-election, um, or it could be, uh, you know, uh, just an emotional appeal as like you're their constitu- constituent. Let's yep. say you're their constituent, 
and uh, you voted for them and didn't vote for them, say, look, you know, you're like, you're my senator. Uh, yep. th- like, I feel strongly that you should just let the people decide, let let the election go. Like, uh, you know, working on the winnable Senate races and then working on the moderate Republicans who are going to decide this thing um, or their opponents, if that's the way you decide to go, you know, like um, then uh, that to me would be like a, a couple of very concrete things that you could do. Uh, another thing would, would be just to, to do more of whatever you're doing now. So uh, phone bank, call people, text bank, volunteer, make sure and vote, get your friends to register to vote, particularly in swing states um, around the country. Um, so those are some of the things that, that I think we should be doing. The Senate looks very, very uh, winnable for Dems this cycle where they they could get a slight majority if they win some of these races. So the Senate races that are close and closer to McGrath's are in Maine, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Colorado, Texas, even Alaska. So those are a number of states. Um, Giving you more info, Yank Speaks listeners. Um, So I agree. Um, we learned this a lot when we were running is that if you actually call your congressman or senator, they don't get a lot of calls like this. So um, if you're in one of these states and got five friends to call, that actually has a way bigger impact than you'd think. Um, because people are like, oh, you don't listen to people. The people don't actually talk to them very often. Um, so that actually works. Let me ask you this, and I think it's a good way to close, is this feels dark to me. This is a sad day. This is a sad moment. Um, I, I think ignoring your political ideology... I think a balanced court is better than an overweight Republican one, particularly when I think the, 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 like the popular vote voted for Clinton last time. But like I think the majority of the country is leaning more left, at least in terms of sheer numbers. Um, so this feels dark and heavy. Um, and I, there's a lot of people out there um, who are looking for a sign of hope. Um, what to you... What's the positive spin on this? What to you gives you hope as we come down the pipe um, post RBG's legacy? First, it really is reflecting on what a tremendous uh, figure and leader she was, just feeling like a sense of history. I mean, uh, Evelyn was incredibly sad uh, to hear of her passing. Just uh, Americans around the country uh, are, are devastated. And just reflecting on what she's she means to so many of us I, I was actually thinking to myself wow her passing um i was trying to think of other people that would have had a similar impact on on millions of people around the country and it's a very very short list i mean she she's really uh one of the uh sort of the mount rushmore of uh, of uh living american figures and you know until this week um uh the, and one of the, so there, I think there are a few reasons why we're sad right now there and they're all important. Number one is a human being that we all yeah. uh, uh, that we all admired and, and treasured is, is, is gone. Uh, number two is the tough truth that while Trump has con, uh, con, nominated and confirmed two Supreme Court justices, they were replacing conservative justices. Uh, so we we still, as you're saying, Zach, have like a moderately balanced court. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of rulings have been going 5-4 along party lines um, with Roberts as sort of the swing. But you still have this sense of balance. RBG 
is a very progressive vote. And if you replace the progressive vote with a very uh, conservative justice and some of the folks that they have on the short list uh, to be the next Supreme Court justice are very conservative, uh, then that's a, a major, major shift for the court where you have then six, three or five, four conservative majorities consistently down the board, um, which is why we're all hurting uh, on the side. And then the the third thing is this forbidding sense that uh, the Senate may abandon principle and uh, and and because of the abandonment of principle, there's a sense that our institutions are uh, eroding even further. Uh, in, in many ways, I feel like this election is about the integrity of American institutions and our trust in them. And that, that trust has been slipping for years and decades for a variety of reasons. Uh, and now the, the Supreme Court, which many of us have already questioned, um, whether it's truly an apolitical entity over the last number of, of months and years, like, like now is in danger of becoming, uh, you know, even more uh, of a political football, it feels like, you know what I mean? Like, like you, and, and so, like, uh, I mean, heck, I remember reading Supreme Court rulings and like spending hours like pouring over the reasoning and, and whatnot. And then now it seems like that stuff's not actually how these things go down. It's just like, well, you know, like we were there, we, we pointed this person. I feel like I feel like people were like they had their party line, you know, they were going and then someone wrote some sort of dissertation or response, wherever it's called sort of to explaining fill it in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. like backing into it, uh, you know, yeah. and each Supreme Court justice has four brilliant clerks uh, who are like some of the best law school grads in the country that frankly, you, you could get uh, like a, a pretty good explanation for you this. You get that kid right in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like... debate. You debated, you know, you take the other side. Yeah, for sure. And there are logical reasons for a whole bunch. I mean, like whether you agree with them or not, you can find fact to support your opinion all the time. Um, sorry, keep going. It, it, I mean, I mean, it, it's like a sinking feeling, the sinking feeling you have because, you know, like you like to believe that legal reasoning transcends uh like political beliefs. Um, so, so these are the reasons why we're all sad, Zach. And like, they're all very legitimate, important reasons. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, the thing I would say that um, you can take away from this um, that you could frame as a positive is that this will make it indisputably crystal clear to everyone on both sides, on any side, how important this election is. Like uh, all of a sudden, you know, you, you look up and say, wait a minute, uh, there are a lot of fundamental uh, legal rights that you may take for granted now that may actually be changed or called into question uh, in, in the days to come. Uh, and so if uh, if there were folks who were who were on the fence about getting out there and voting um, on either side. And there is this instinct that you you suggested before that Tim suggests that it's like that this is going to energize one side more than the other. Um, but to, to me, the positive from this is to just show how important this election is going to be and that we all need to do everything we can uh, to get people out to vote, to uh, to fight for the candidates that we believe in, uh, because there's a lot at stake like a, a lot of things that we have grown to just believe as true about American life um, may be called into question uh, if this election goes in a particular direction. I think what gives me hope is um, 
this yes it puts importance on the election and your best case scenario right now to me is we we turn out as a country cooler heads prevail in november and it's such a stomping that your congressmen your senators are on the way out there's they're ideally embarrassed from a clean sweep and that there's no way in their right mind without massive revolt um that they would try to push this across the finish line after the American people speak on November 3rd. That to me is, is a realistic outcome in our best case, I think. No, I think there's a chance you see record turnout um, in part because uh, I think there are some folks who are going to be voting at higher levels because of mail-in voting. Uh, you know, they're, yeah. they're actually... it's easy. And people are, you know, they're getting, I mean, I love like people, I, to me, the NBA, every single NBA player right now is wearing like vote and running ads. Like to me, that's it. That, that's never happened before in my lifetime. I don't think it has a zero impact. Um, and if it gets 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 people in some of these swing states to vote, they got a whole new election. And I will say, FYI, people following, in the Democratic primary this year, 2020, record turnouts. Record turnouts. For Biden. For Biden. Um, the, the same primaries we were in in Iowa, New Hampshire, record turnouts. So that gives me hope, you know. Um, yeah, let's let yeah let's get out there and fight for it and vote. I mean that that's really the big message you can take from this, uh, and, and and continue to be inspired by Ruth Bader Ginsburg because you can imagine the arc of her life and her career and the, the impact she's had. I mean, like, you know, uh, if any of us can accomplish anything, even like you know five ten percent of that, I mean, like you know, we we'd consider ourselves very 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 fortunate. We'd be successful, yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in. This is our first kind of rapid response, but this is the fitting one, right? No better reason than than the passing of a of a goat, if you would, the goat. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know passing of an historic figure. Uh, let's make her proud. You know the the thing I'd, I'd say is like for people who are sad right now, just take that sadness and translate it into action because that's what she would want for us. <laughs>